0: Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Cut to Shit Fit. I am your lovely host Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me today for the first time is Misty. She's in the back if you can't see her. Um, so if you're listening to this, I have my dog in my car because I'm going to take her to the park. And uh, you know, let her run around, do her, do her thing. So she's going to be popping in and out of the camera a lot like this right now. And um, another heads up, I have a feeling that my phone is going to pop out of its uh, stabilizer or tripod thing because it recently broke kind of and it slides out of the holder. So um, if halfway through my video, you see, oh, there she is if you see it fall I apologize but um, what I want to talk about today is a continuation of my low back uh, pain talk I did a couple weeks back yeah and I have a feeling that I might have not posted it so regardless this is part two Um, before I get started what i want to bring up is um a shout out to a country and a city that i can't pronounce and i totally forgot um that's never been on my top three before and it's the country of saudi arabia like the other day i was looking at my stats and i was like whoa like this is the first time they've the country of saudi arabia has ever been on my show like this is so cool like being international to that point is pretty amazing so shout out to everyone in Saudi Arabia listening to my show that is so cool to think that this little Polish immigrant Canadian is reaching as far as Saudi Arabia anyway if I can remember correctly the points that I brought up in my last talk was what to do kind of acutely for um we have a low back flare up. So if you haven't listened to that show just yet, that episode, highly recommend it. So now let's get into like kind of I call this phase two. You know, phase one was we need to calm down the nervous system. We need to figure out if you're flexion intolerant, extension intolerant, whatever it may be, and say you've got some treatment done, you're starting to feel a little bit better. This is where I start getting people in spine sparing exercises. One in particular is learning how to hinge at the hips. So say you're an experienced lifter and you got your low back flared up. Right away, what I wanna see is re the pattern of utilizing the hips right a lot of times when we get into um, low back pain our bodies want to kind of avoid those positions so literally a lot of times I'll get people in the clinic to like deadlift with a 35 pound dumbbell or kettlebell to reinforce that hey, hamstrings and glutes need to turn on to pick shit up because we all know that when we get home after treatment we're probably going to do something stupid like bend over and deflection if you're flexion intolerant to pick up your sock, your kid, whatever. So if we can re-pattern the groove of using your hips as a hinge it's going to save you a lot of trouble. Now the other two Spine sparing exercises, I get every single person to do. And even if you've never injured your lower back, I still go over these two for my patients and clients. Because a lot of times when people don't know how to create core stability, they end up doing, you know, tweaks in. Oh, hey, Misty. <laughs> Some tweaks in. Um, their low back, QL, whatever it may be. So the two exercises is the bird dog and dead bug. So I'm gonna start with the dead bug first and it can be as simple as, you know, in this first episode we were talking about belly breathing. Learning how to, to diaphragmically breathe is gonna be the first kind of step towards building core stability and learning how to engage your core without overly bracing. So if you think of the mechanism of, you know, doing a diaphragmic breath, the moment I get a patient to breathe in through their diaphragm and learn how to u- utilize that position with um, their torso and their cage or their your core, whatever you want to call it. Um, the thing that I noticed right away is teaching how to peop- teach people how to not rib flare. So the moment you take a big, 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 do you have to breathe so loud, Mr. Jeez. Um, the moment you take a deep breath in through your diaphragm and then exhale, you'll notice that your rib cage actually flattens pretty naturally. And then I cue people that the moment that happens, try to keep that as your new normal. And this goes back to um, Yonda, who's a physiotherapist way beyond his time, came up with this concept of joint centration. So an example of that is imagine if I told you to go to your gym and pick up a hundred pound dumbbell. You would like be like, oh shit, like a hundred pounds, that's gonna be super heavy. So I'm gonna make sure I brace for it. What happens when you like set up you know just a 100 pound dumbbell off the dumbbell rack think about what your body's gonna do like you're gonna think okay i'm gonna have like a good flat back i'm going to missy can you not be in my face while i'm doing my podcast <laughs> she's literally right in my face and br- panting into my face and it's starting to heat up the car anyway um Think about what your body would have to do in order to properly brace. Like your shoulders set back, your hips get in line, you're squeezing the dumbbell handle hard, like all these things line up into alignment and that's the concept of joint centration. Now imagine if you didn't do that and try to pick up the 100 pound dumbbell, something's going to pull, yank and not feel good, right? so this whole idea of joint centration can also go back to how you're breathing now imagine every single exercise if you weren't properly breathing there's no way for you to centrate your body to give you the best leverage angles to lift the weight or put or put it down or push it over your head so that being said the first step to proper mechanics and alignment of your body comes down from the breath. So the moment I can get someone to learn how to keep their ribs in a neutral position and a downward position where it's setting even your spine in a neutral position to lift weight is a good thing. So then I reinforce into the body that every single time you do an exercise, lift something heavy, you're gonna be in a joint-centrated position. Now say my example in that first episode where we're just learning how to diaphragmically breathe we now go into a dead bug progression so a regular dead bug is like you're lying on your back legs bent at 90 arms towards the ceiling and then you take say your left leg and right arm you extend it out straight and back in how i coach this dead bug is one in that position taking that big diaphragmic breath holding it, then extend opposite arm and opposite leg, and then exhale hard, bring those two limbs together. That is a proper dead bug. The other thing I'd start coaching is that with the leg extended, I want them to kick with their heel, extend with their heel, extend with that hip to really elongate the body, and then that opposite arm reaching far, far, far back as possible, and then creating a fist for maximal tension, and then exhaling hard, like that's a good dead bug. And what that teaches your body is to how to stabilize in positions that require a lot of core stability. Now because you're lying on your back, you have no spinal loading compared to like, if you were going to do a barbell back squat, that requires some sort of loading into your spine and you need to be able to brace to hold that. So by doing a dead bug, it's a low entry level core stability building exercise that reinforces the body to constantly engage when it's asked for spinal stability. So by doing this dead bug in your warmups, in your program, in your daily movement routine that everyone should be doing that no one does, will help speed up the process to feel better. Like I've seen patients in the clinic that are in chronic low back pain and then the exercises I give them that we've already spoken about so far that actually do them on a daily basis, the next time I see them like the week after, two weeks after, their healing time is so quick compared to a patient that doesn't do shit at home and just goes back to their desk job and then comes back the next week and they're like honestly my back hasn't got any better right that's the other thing too a lot of times when people go to Cairo and physio and had a bad experience sure there are some shitty practitioners out there but most of the time those practitioners give you homework to do and a lot of times patients don't do that homework right like we're fortunate to have have a system where um dr forster the chiropractor i work treats you first and then comes to me for the active rehab so at least you're doing the exercise right there and then some practitioners don't have that luxury in their practice because the way they set it up before or they work in a clinic where that's frowned upon or whatever it is so a lot of times if people actually just did their homework they would improve so freaking much and if you look at the research on exercise like minimal amount of effort gives you benefit like i remember reading um research articles when i first started in the industry that you know they took a group of people that did literally three exercises 10 reps each and they had health benefits from it like it's crazy so even if you're if you think if you're like a fitness enthusiast that all these rehab exercises you're getting from a chiropractor and physio are bullshit like actually try it like trust the process so going back to the dead bug one of the best ways to do it so now let's break it down now imagine if um, you started doing that exact sequence that I just said about the dead bug and your low back is still hurting there's a couple things you can do here One, if you look at the laws of biomechanics and exercise, if you shorten your lever, it makes an exercise easier. So an example of that, and it's usually the legs, because again, think about the musculature around your legs compared to your arms, it's far greater. So if we shorten up the lever of your legs, it might make the exercise not cause and trigger a pain response. So imagine, rather than extending the leg straight out, you keep it bent at 90 degrees, and then you slowly tap the heel down and back up. That changes a lot of things for people. You're probably cutting at least, I don't know, 40% of the weight that's required for your core to turn on and stabilize. If that doesn't even work, something as simple as um, closing off where your hip angle is. So a lot of times, if you look at your spine, if you lay down on your back, where your lumbar spine, there's a little curve and there's always a little space in between um, your low back and the floor. So maybe all you have to do is actually just tilt your pelvis into the floor and not like jam it in there, but just actively tilt it and hold it there and then try extending your leg in and out. That changes hip angle. Now, why would that make a difference? If you think for the general population, we sit all the fucking time, all the time. So how can we change exercise to help prevent any kind of you know, issue that relies on sitting too much? So if you think about most of us who sit in a, a hip flexed position, those hip flexors at the front of your hip are gonna be super jammed up and like just like rocks, right? So imagine when you're extending your leg in a dead bug and you get into extension and if your stuff in your stuff in the front of your hip is tight, you'll get to your end range and what's gonna happen for you to straighten out your leg and have your heel tap the ground? Your lumbar spine is have to has to you know tilt in that arch position to get you to tap your heel to the ground. No wonder your low back's gonna be pissed off. So sometimes what I do is I cue, keeping your low back kind of pushed into the ground, and then when you extend, rather than having your heel tap the ground, you just like kick towards the, kind of like air or the wall rather than tapping it down. So now you close, your you know angle where your hip is required to you know cheat by using the lumbar spine so that being said dead bugs so freaking important to create spinal stability now the next thing that I want to talk about is progressing the dead bug as well there are so many variations of the dead bug to continually um, challenge the individual client and yourself and like it's endless right so if you go on my facebook or my youtube page there's so many different variations of the dead bug that I filmed that you can use so even if you're not dealing with a low back injury but you want to challenge your core stability with a low bearer of entry of you know spinal loading like that's where you should be that should be your bread and butter so if you even look at my own programming for my clients and for myself there's so many dead bugs and bird dogs and even if you're the fittest person i've ever met i can find a variation that will fuck you up for sure right misty she's literally in my face hang on So moving on, what I want to talk about is the bird dog, but honestly I feel like... So that's going to end it because I'm almost at my destination, the dog park, and I think I will bring up kind of like a part three for next time i can talk forever about bird dogs and its variations. so thank you for listening to me ramble you guys are amazing thank you thank you thank you so much for listening share this podcast with your friends and family you guys are amazing like words cannot describe how grateful i am to have my listeners listen to me talk about fitness and health like you guys are awesome Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next time, you guys.